Welcome to the Bible Questions podcast brought to you by BibleQuestions.org and the Holly Street Church of Christ. This podcast is dedicated to answering your Bible questions from the Bible. My name is Brian, and along with Jeff, we are the hosts of this program. Welcome to today's edition of the Bible Questions podcast. My name is Jeff, and with me today is Brian. Good morning, Brian. How are you doing today? Hey, good morning. Doing well. Thank you. Yeah, today we're doing uh, a second part of a podcast that last time we started on the subject of self-assessment, a spiritual self-assessment, where we were focusing on a number of very practical questions uh, that we can and should ask ourselves to see what areas of our lives, our behaviors, our attitudes, et cetera, that we can improve. And, you know, Brian, I would certainly uh, strongly recommend that people go back to part one because we laid quite a bit of groundwork uh, and background about the uh, need for spiritual self-assessment, yeah, just like we have physical self-assessment and looking at ourselves in the mirror before we go uh, leave for work, for instance. Uh, but not only the need for self-assessment, but also some uh, teaching that I did uh, several years ago, and coming up with an actual aid, uh, a PDF file that people can go to our website and download, and, and actually consists of a large number of categories, broad categories, of you know, various spiritual aspects of our lives, and specific focus questions within each category that people can, you know, look at and uh, you know, quietly uh, reflect on, and again, look for areas. Uh, last time, you know, some of the areas we looked into were mostly related to uh, public worship, uh, the need to come together with fellow Christians in a faithful congregation, um, and actually attend worship services on a, you know, regular ongoing basis. Um, you know, not only quote unquote, you know, once and done, so to speak, uh, on Sunday, um, but also other opportunities in terms of you know, perhaps you know Sunday evening, uh, Bible classes, etc. Uh, we looked at during the worship some some things that we could examine ourselves regarding simple things like the announcements, uh, our singing, uh, public singing, uh, public prayers, uh, questions we can ask ourselves going through the very uh, somber observance of the Lord's Supper, uh, contributing or giving uh, of our means, uh, preaching, uh, things we can do as you know, members of the local congregation you know, after worship services uh, during the week. So a very question-packed session, Brian, that we had uh, you know, back in part one. Uh, and likewise, today we're going to kind of continue that. But any, any thoughts or reflections before we uh, pick up some new material? Yeah, as you encouraged our listeners to do, if you have not listened to that first episode, please do. And and uh, as you also touched on, you know, we looked at really just a couple of foundational passages like 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5, where we're told to examine yourselves, it says, as to whether you are in the faith, test yourselves. And so we see that along with several other passages you'll hear in that first episode where this is something that we should do, not only because it's commanded, but it's just good for us to kind of see where we stand. And so shifting gears from that first episode where we focused a lot on worship to now personal Bible study, let's take a look at that. And on our website under the letter B, we have a section on Bible study where we have a lot of material 
But a few questions uh, we'd like you to consider in this area. One is, do I study my lesson for Bible class? So, you know, really common, certainly in the churches of Christ, for there to be a Bible class before worship, Wednesday night, you know, sometimes there's a Bible study where you have a class and, and so forth. And so, do I study my lesson for these types of classes in advance? Am I prepared so I can contribute? So I understand what's being talked about so that I can make some comments if, if I'd like. Um, you know, it's often a reflection of how important the truth is to us. And I know that sounds sort of judgmental, but this is my own personal belief that, you know, if you're, you you love the truth and you know that it's critical to be prepared, then this is just an extension of that. Uh, I would say that it conveys respect for God and for the teacher and really for fellow students uh, when you are prepared. How about, do I read the Bible on a daily or weekly basis? You know, is daily Bible reading part of my life? Now, some may do that now, you know, sort of randomly look at things, which is fine. Maybe there's a subject that you want to study. Hey, baptism. And you go and find all the passages on baptism, things like that. But, you know, sometimes it might just be a Bible reading plan. And on our website, BibleQuestions.org, under the study aids section, we actually have several Bible reading plans that you can view or download uh, that help you to literally read through the entire Bible in one year. So that would be something that we encourage. How about, do I study the Bible on a daily or weekly basis uh, as far as, you know, showing an interest and commitment to learning more about God's Word? Or would I rather do something else? Do I, you know, find myself sort of procrastinating or, you know, doing it just for very short periods? Does it seem like a chore? Uh, do I take notes during reading and studying of subjects or passages that I would like to study more in depth? And, you know, I, as I read through the Bible, you know, like the daily Bible reading type plans, one thing I like to do is make notes of, well, what is that talking about? I need to study that a little bit more in depth. Or, you know, maybe I read it last year or last time and it didn't resonate in the way that it does now. So I want to study that a little deeper. Or do I ask questions or do further study about what I do not understand? You know, certainly you're going to come across passages that they just don't make sense or maybe they're difficult. How about do I make notes or think about how the principles I read and study apply to my life? Do I make an effort to memorize key passages or principles I read and study? And then how about do I frequently or do I do it as in study it frequently enough, the Bible frequently enough, that it is a habit? And it really feels odd if I skip a day or a week. So these are just a few questions, Jeff, regarding, you know, personal Bible study and some things that we should consider. Right. And as we get into, you know, today's podcast, just like we mentioned in the previous podcast, you know, a lot of these questions are, are very, you know, practical, very, very pointed, very focused, and kind of attempting to take some of the general principles and scriptures uh, that we read in the Bible and express them in ways that we can you know easily relate to i mean for instance brian you mentioned the uh the bible reading yeah one of the uh plans so to speak on the website under the study aids menu item is a chronological uh study and in the sense of arranging the books not necessarily in the order of the table of contents but more you know what happens first second third and one of the interesting things i personally have found is if I'll take that plan, print it out uh, on my printer. Uh, as I go along, there's little little boxes against each day's reading that you can check off, that you can kind of get a sense of, you know, am I kind of on schedule? 
Am I falling behind? Am I a little bit ahead, et cetera? And it kind of gives you that sense, that reminder, if you will, just in a very practical uh, kind of sense. The other thing I might mention for, you know, some people in our audience, you know, may say, well, that sounds kind of odd because, you know, when I go to worship, I hear a sermon and isn't that enough? And you know, why do I need to read the Bible, much less even study it? Well, Brian, as we alluded to a lot of verses in our first podcast, you know, the need for spiritual growth, the need for learning, the need for studying, the need for, you know, understanding where we are and where we need to improve certainly would involve, you know, getting into the Bible, you know, not only for, you know, looking for, you know, passages that would encourage us, for instance, but passages that might, you know, confront us or things that we need to change uh, in our lives or, or good examples or Brian, maybe even bad examples of right. you know, people, <laughs> people within the scriptures um, and what we can you know, learn from those. So it's, you know, certainly something that we would encourage basically because the Bible encourages, you know, actually getting, you know, into the word, you know, on an ongoing basis and having that, um, if you will, you know, conviction uh, to do that. So the next section uh, beyond your know, personal Bible study would be personal prayer. Um, and likewise, at our website, you know, a lot of material that you can uh, read for additional information under P for prayer. But there are a number of different passages to kind of get us started. Uh, Psalms uh, 34, verse 15, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. Psalms 145, verse 18, the Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. He also will hear their cry and save them. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, a very key passage. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Uh, Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, uh, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. And then finally, James chapter 5, verse 16, you know, talks about the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So those are like general things that we need to be doing, but can we create some questions, if you will, for, you know, self-examination? Well, sure. I mean, here's some. Um, and, and some are kind of like very practical. I mean, for instance, do I pray daily? You know, or do I go, you know, a day or several days, whatever, without even thinking about, you know, talking to God? Uh, do I pray daily aside from, quote unquote, just giving thanks at mealtimes? How often do my prayers mention specific people by name and their situations? You know, how often am I emotionally involved or emotionally moved during my praying? You know, these and other kinds of, you know, self-examination questions, very practical kinds of questions that we can, you know, keep in our minds and ask ourselves, okay, are, are, are these some things that we never do? Hmm, perhaps an area to improve. Uh, or in some cases, if we're never praying, well, the Bible says we need to. So, you know, there's a situation where we are in sin. Um, but yeah, maybe we, sometimes we do, but we could do more. We could do better, etc. And again, all these questions are kind of geared in that sense of, are there areas that we are deficient in that we need to fix? Or, yeah, we have to some degree, but we need to learn and grow. 
Um, Brian, any other thoughts on prayer? Uh, just one thought, and that is, you know, we, the content of our prayer, you know, sometimes it's really easy to be repetitive and sort of just go through the motions and say the same thing. And, and then, or is it what I might call shallow and, and something I really look at myself for as far as, you know, is it just sort of a quick prayer? Maybe it could be too long. I don't know, but, but it's certainly, you know, is there depth there? Are there things I'm really focused on, not just in my life, but in others' lives? Am I thankful to the Lord? So on and so forth. And so as we touched on earlier, we actually have a guide uh, on our website uh, that that Alan Hitch and our evangelist wrote regarding prayer. It's a very in-depth study, and it covers some of these elements as well. But these are certainly some good starter questions, no doubt, and fundamental questions, I guess you could say, Jeff, right, that we need to be asking uh, ourselves. Well, and and you, you made a good point with, with a key phrase going through the motions. And, you know, we are creatures of habit. I find myself falling into this trap too. Uh, And you get so used to doing something, you know, muscle memory kind of takes over and you just do it without really thinking too much about it or putting much thought into it or not putting much emotion into it. Last time, you know, we talked about doing that during our worship services. You know, today with you know Bible reading, prayer, and, and other things, yeah, it, it's it's certainly kind of a trap to uh, watch out for. That kind of these questions are mind or are, are intended to kind of jar us out of that rut, <laughs> so to speak. Absolutely. Okay, so shifting gears now to daily living. So when we think about Christian living, you know, on our website, letter C, you'll see a, a section on Christian living, and so some questions that we can ask ourselves in this area are, you know, during the week. How often am I thankful for God's blessings? Are they in my thoughts during the week? Uh, Do I take time to reflect on how God has blessed me? Um, Is this thankfulness a regular part of my prayer? For instance, we see over in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And so, one of the easy traps to fall into is just to pray to ask for good things. You know, God, can you do this for me and do that? Uh, well, we, we should be thanking him uh, in addition to, you know, yes, we could make some requests, but then also praying for others and, and so forth. How about uh, when it comes to our daily life? Do I select entertainment with God in mind? So am I willing to watch ungodly behavior in a movie, you know, or a TV show, drinking, drug use, sex, etc.? Uh, am I attracted to things like slasher movies or do I like blood and gore or, you know, the glamorization of people with psychotic tendencies? And boy, I sure like to watch that. Uh, just something to consider. How about when it comes to our friends? Do I select friends with God in mind? Are my friends spiritually minded? Do we share the same spiritual goals? Uh, do my friends exhibit worldly behavior and show little interest in God or in spiritual matters in general? We see passages like 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 33 that says, Do not be deceived. Evil company, or the American standard says, evil companionships corrupt good habits. So will your friends' evil habits, bad habits, sinful habits rub off on you? Uh, the Bible makes it clear the answer is yes here, and also in passages like 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 6. Do you not know? that a little leaven leavens the whole lump. So the general principle, sin spreads to others, applies here. And sometimes we can be deceived, you know, Jeff, into thinking, well, my good habits are going to rub off on my friends. Maybe. (laughs) 
But unfortunately, more often than not, it's the opposite, isn't it? Exactly. Yep. So how about clothing? This kind of goes along with the dress we were talking about in worship. But, you know, even when we're outside of worship, how, how do we dress when we're just throughout the week, you know, during going during the week? Do we dress to attract the opposite sex? Is modesty a primary consideration? Uh, do we like to wear the latest fashions, even if it shows a lot of our body, which clothes today tends to do? So once again, that ninth episode, uh, you know, our podcast episode nine, we spent that entire podcast talking about dress from God's perspective. So I encourage you to listen to that if you have not heard it. All right, shifting gears now to my words and how we speak throughout the week or every day, really. Do I select my words with God in mind? Do I think before I speak? Uh, is my speech seasoned with salt and becoming of a Christian, as we read in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 6? Or do I tend to stick my quote-unquote foot in my mouth you know, and say things that I'll later regret? Or maybe you're coming out of the world and you had a problem with foul language. Is this something that you're actively working to get rid of in your life? You know, we're putting off these deeds of the flesh and putting on these spiritual qualities uh, that we should have, what we call the fruit of the spirit. Shifting now to vehicles, when I'm driving a vehicle, or it could be a motorcycle, you know, any, any sort of motor vehicle, do I do so with God in mind? So in other words, am I guilty of things like road rage, as we might call it, where you know, somebody cuts me off and I sort of fly off the handle and I cut them off or I, you know, give them gestures or whatever. Am I guilty of that at times? Do I like to speed? You know, do I have a car that's really fast? Therefore, I'm, you know, pedal to the metals, as they say. Or, you know, do I obey traffic laws as basic as that sign, as sounds, I should say. Uh, running a red light because, you know, it's, I should have made it through the intersection or a uh, stop sign. I'm going to kind of roll on through. These may seem like minor things to us, but are they? And, and do we follow those laws of man? And then the final couple questions here, uh, do I look for opportunities to serve others? So in other words, do we seek to do good works? We're told in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Do I notice those who are in need and offer to help? Are others comfortable asking for my help because I'm someone who's approachable or I just, you know, I'm grumpy and, you know, they, they don't want to approach me. And then how about when we go through different situations? So, you know, do I apply scripture to a difficult situation I'm facing? So, you know, when tempted, do I follow the example of Christ when he was tempted by the devil in Matthew chapter four? You know, Jesus looked at the word. He said, it is written every time he was tempted. So he hearkened back, if you will, to scripture and even quoted it to Satan. You know, uh, how about have I established a strong spiritual foundation? So scripture is really ingrained in my life. And one of my favorite passages is a Psalm 119 in verse 11, where here the psalmist says, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. So are we building our spiritual house on the foundation of the words of Jesus, the truth? And I'll encourage our listeners, when you have a chance, take a look at Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27, because Jesus uses this physical analogy of building our house on the rock or on the sand based on whether or not we listen and do what he says, right? So we're, we're building this either strong foundation or we're, we're having a weak one where our house will fall. 
And then finally, do I seek answers from the Bible? Do I go to man to get answers or do I see if God's word addresses what difficulty I'm going through and how the Bible says I should handle it? And so, you know, we always want to look to those, those principles in God's word and ask what principles apply you know, to the situation I am in. So Jeff, we looked at a lot of things in quarter, kind of rapid fashion there. Uh, I'll leave it to you for any other thoughts that you have on that. Well, and, and you kind of kicked off this section with words like daily living, or you referenced our website, you know, under the topics menu, uh, the letter C for Christian living. You know, while you were talking, I went over to the website and literally there are, I think at least three dozen different articles, which I think kind of highlights the breadth, if you will, of this topic. Meaning, you know, being a Christian, honestly, is, is just more than going to worship service, right? It's it's more than even just, you know, personal Bible study or personal prayer. It is an embedded part, should be an embedded part of everything. Everything we say, everything we do, every place we go, the clothing we wear, the words we choose, the people we associate with, the things we want to try to stay away from, just all kinds of aspects. And I think you're just kind of you know, hitting some of the, the high points in terms of our you know, entertainment or our friends or our words or even practical things. Like when we get behind the wheel of a car, <laughs> you know, the, the kinds of principles that we've been talking about, you know, from the Bible should be, you know, there first and foremost in our mind, just you know, almost like every moment, because just about everything we do or say or think, <laughs> you know, you can probably find a, a Bible scripture that would give us encouragement or guidelines or even do's and don'ts. So it's, yeah, indeed, it is a very diverse topic area but one that's very rich in terms of questions uh, that we can kind of examine ourselves on. Uh, Brian, any other thoughts? And otherwise I'll introduce the next group of stuff. Well, no, I just appreciate you bringing up the, the material on the site because as you pointed out, there are many different aspects to daily living. So take a look at that. You know, there's probably some questions that have been submitted previously or even sections in that area on Christian living where it, it probably will raise some things maybe you hadn't thought about and you can dig into a little deeper. Indeed. So now what we're going to do, and again, we're, we're still looking at self-examination questions, but the next uh, set of categories are all kind of under a general title of relationships that we have with others. Uh, the first one, and as we said back in the first podcast, some of these may or may not be applicable, you know, given your personal situation. So, you know, just kind of take that into consideration. You know, the first one, uh, marriage relationships, you know, relationships with our spouses. Uh, and indeed, we do have, as we've mentioned before, a good amount of material at our website under two main topics. Uh, one is M for marriage and another is F for family. Uh, there's a couple key scriptures, uh, some go-to scriptures, if you will, uh, talking about marriage relationships. Uh, the first one is kind of a lengthy one, but, but it's still uh, got a lot of good uh, meaty material in there. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, uh, starting with verse 22. Uh, and before I actually quote it, uh, given a person or listeners a particular culture, uh, some of this may sound very odd or strange, or may just sound wrong. Uh, 
based on the prevailing culture. Nonetheless, it's what the Bible teaches. So again, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be subject to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So, husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. Uh, skipping down to verse 31. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So uh, obligations on both sides um, and some degree of attitude uh, as well as emotion on both sides. Uh, the submission aspect, again, pretty counterculture, uh, at least here within the United States. But it's not a unbounded, yeah, you submit to your husband and he can do whatever he says to you. Well, or he can... You should do whatever he says to you. Um, no, there, there, there's a balance there because the very same passage goes on to talk to the husbands and the kinds of you know loving, caring, nurturing, cherishing attitudes that we should have toward our spouses. Um, likewise, First uh, Peter 3, uh, verses 1 through 7, I'll just read it. Kind of the beginning and the end, very similar thoughts. It says, wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands. And a little bit later on, husbands likewise dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife. Um, a little bit later on is being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. So within our you know marriage uh, relationship with our spouses, you know how do I take that and make some practical self-assessment questions? Well, you know here's a couple. You know do I show respect to my spouse, or am I always cutting them down? belittling them, pointing out their faults, fault finding. I mean, obviously, you know, we can encourage one another to do what's right and to improve, but, you know, there's a difference between that and what I might call uh, nitpicking. Uh, do I tend to put my spouse's needs ahead of my own in terms of, you know, how I spend my time, how I spend my money, uh, being aware, being caring, et cetera. So, so these and, and other related Focus questions, you know, can be used to uh, assess, you know, how well our marriage relationships are. Uh, Brian, any other thoughts before we uh, move forward? Yeah, so you know, another thought I had, Jeff, while you were going through this, is you know, do I try to resolve differences or do I have a tendency to argue? You know, there's a passage over in Proverbs chapter 15, verse one, that says, "A soft answer turns away wrath." but a harsh word stirs up anger. And I think we all know in the marriage relationship, there are going to be times where you have disagreements. Are you mature enough to resolve that? Or do you let the sun go down on your wrath? Those sorts of things. So just uh, so a few additional thoughts there. No, and that's a good one because when, you know, given the amount of time 
that you know we we tend to spend with our spouse you know daily weekly given the fact that according to the scriptures it is a lifelong commitment you know that amount of time spent with another person you know you're right from time to time there will be some disagreements you know maybe even some arguments etc and sometimes hurt feelings and such uh and we need to be you know very sensitive uh that we keep that kind of relationship kind of open and fresh and conversing etc otherwise as we as i think some popular song says if we don't grow together we'll grow apart um you know over time uh, as a natural tendency uh, likewise within kind of relationships brian i think you've got the next one regarding uh family relationships as well that's right and and uh, you know under that section of family under the letter f it covers really all of these relationships there are questions that people have submitted about it so a few few questions for our listeners to consider and really all of us for that matter and that is you know do i encourage my children to do their bible lessons and or check their work so you know if you're worshiping at a church that has bible classes are your children doing those lessons are they prepared as we were talking about earlier about us being prepared well same applies to our children right do i study the bible with my children on a weekly basis uh, do i talk about spiritual matters with my children on a daily basis and this could be in a lot of different forms i'll just add here where you know maybe your child has gone through some adversity Maybe your child is being taught something if they go to a public school, or maybe their friends are telling them something. Do you use that as an opportunity to compare what they're being told or taught with what the Bible teaches? Uh, how about questions like, do I expect my children to know as much or more about spiritual matters than academics? So easy to focus on degrees and titles and academics, and it can be where we don't put as much focus on spiritual matters. How about, do I encourage my children to memorize Bible verses for handy application to situations they will face? So once again, just like we try to do as adult Christians, even if our children are not Christians, do we encourage them to memorize Bible verses and more importantly, understand what do they mean? How does this apply to my life? Those kinds of things and discuss it with them. How about, do I emphasize spiritual matters over worldly pursuits with my children? In other words, you know, homework, sports, college and career, you know, are we making sure that they understand and, and really, uh, you know, agree that spiritual matters really take precedence over these things? And these things in and of themselves are not wrong. We're not trying to say that. We're just saying, where's the emphasis, right? Uh, do I encourage my younger children to pay attention during services, take notes, or do I let them play and, you know, just have fun? And, you know, once again, each parent, has to to take a look at this for their own family but just some questions to consider how about for grandparents do i do the above with my grandchildren these things that we've been talking about so a few passages to consider one is in ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4 here fathers are commanded to bring up our children in the training some translations say the nurture and admonition of the lord so that's a command Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6, we see a general principle. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So, you know, once again, not a guarantee, but, you know, Bible knows, or Bible teaches, and certainly God knows, that if we do train up a child in the way they should go, there's a really good chance when they get older, they're not going to depart from it. 
And then Deuteronomy chapter six and verse seven, this was a section where Moses commanded the people, the Israelites in this case, to teach the children. He says, he's talking about God's principles. He, you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. And, you know, Jeff, I was thinking about, you know, for my own children, one thing that we've always, we always like to do and have done for years is we were talking about sermons earlier. You know, I like to know, did they hear the sermon? What did they learn from it? What can we apply? Uh, how do you think that applies to your life? I find it's a good discussion topic on the way home from services. So whether you do something like that, or maybe, a, you know, talk with them about it during the week. And then the final thought here is just, you know, we have an example in, in Timothy where Paul's really complimentary of Timothy's mother and grandmother. You know, Timothy, Timothy's father was a pagan or a Greek, and, and uh, from all indications, he was not a Christian uh, because Paul compliments Timothy's uh, mother and grandmother, Eunice and Lois, I believe. <laughs> Hope I got that right. Anyways, because they helped to fill the gaps, if you will. They helped to teach him those spiritual principles. When you have a parent, maybe there's only one of two parents that that are spiritually minded or are Christians. Well, somebody needs to take up that mantle, if you will, and, and teach the children and grandchildren the truth. So anyhow, a few thoughts in regards to uh, family relationships for parents. Well, and good points, because I know, uh, at least within our culture, you know, we tend to encourage you know, children, you know, the importance of school, homework, getting your homework done, you know, not skipping classes, et cetera, or filling their days with, you know, uh, extracurricular activities after school, you know, school sports, team sports, you know, soccer practice, you know, band, you know, you name it. And in the, the rush to kind of keep the kids busy, so to speak. Sometimes we can fall into the trap of, as you say, encouraging these various worldly pursuits, which are not wrong in and of themselves, but more so in terms of relative emphasis, more so on those things as opposed to, as you said, spiritual things. So I, I appreciate right, yeah. those, those thoughts. And, you know, we can turn the tables because the Bible also talks about, uh, you know, attitudes and relationships that, you know, children should have with their parents. You know, Ephesians chapter six, you know, verses one through three, you know, children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise that may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. You know, questions that those in our audience who are, you know, younger, uh, still living at home, et cetera, can ask, you know, do I always show respect to my parents? Do I emphasize doing my Bible lessons more than doing my school lessons? Back to the point I was making you know, earlier. Uh, do I emphasize doing spiritual matters more than doing sports <laughs> or extracurricular activities, et cetera? Again, nothing you know wrong with you know various you know sports and, and other activities, but again, relative emphasis and, and where our our priorities are. And even as, you know, very young, you know, Christians, you know, teenagers, for instance, you know, we can start laying that foundation of perspective, if you will, or understanding which things are more important than others. Brian, any others before we move forward? Uh, just one other quick thought, and that is, you know, unfortunately, we see a culture now 
certainly here in the United States, I'm going to guess it's similar around the world where we have a lot of children now that talk back to their parents, they're disrespectful. And in some cases, the parents do nothing about it. And so, you know, we certainly want to instill godly principles where our children are, are clear about the fact that they are not disrespectful. They don't talk back. And, uh, you know, there might need to be some punishment there to help emphasize that when they're young. But ultimately, we want them on their own to understand these principles so they wouldn't even think about talking back because they understand that it's disrespectful. Right. Well, and, and when you're talking about that, my mind immediately you know, flashed on the word discipline. And for many people say, well, that's like, you know, we're needed, you know, spanking and timeout and grounding and whatever. And yes, those are legitimate things. I mean, we're not talking child abuse here, but appropriately, you know, disciplining the child. But as you, as you said, it's more like trying to instill that sense of self discipline, you know, again, you know, using the same term. Yeah. Important points. And uh, you know, I think our, our, as parents, we, we understand that if we do a good job or, you know, hopefully a decent job when they're younger, then we head off some of these things when they get older. Exactly. Even though we, we could all talk about teenagers and how there's a whole different set of emotions and hormones and everything that can cause them sort of, you know, uh, regress at times. Uh, once again, we, we go back to that foundation. So, well, and, and that's an important point because I think, you know, I think we've probably all seen situations where, you know, young children growing up without discipline, both parental and self-discipline, allowed to get away with whatever they want to get away with. They go into public schools. Likewise, they're allowed to get away with whatever they want to get away with. Oh, that's not okay. You, now you got a trend going on now. You, they get out into life and they start interacting with civil authorities and the police and they're no longer allowed to get away with whatever they want to get away with and that creates problems and you know just all kinds of you know negative behaviors and attitudes and rebelliousness etc which could have been reduced maybe avoided you know if they had been set on the right path as you know little children under the authority of, of parents so you know, something to keep yeah, in mind absolutely yes so how about school and work relationships? So do I do my work diligently with God in mind? So for my employer, do I give my employer my best every single day? How about when helping others, maybe working on a project at home, or maybe you're working on something for charity? Do I approach it with my best effort? Uh, we see passages like Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 10, where it says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. We also see over in Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 through 25, it says, And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord Christ, but he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, and there is no partiality. And so this one is important to me, especially... When we think about, for instance, our employers, you know, sometimes you might work at a place where they're not fair with you or it's a difficult environment to work in for whatever reason. And if we're not careful, it can cause us to give less than our best because we, they don't deserve my best. No, the Bible teaches us that, you know, once again, we are to do everything with all our might. We are to set an example. We are to let our light shine. And so you can find, uh, more material about this these principles over on our website under the letter W for work. And uh, just encourage you to give some thought to that as well. Right. Well, good points. And especially since many of us spend, you know, a good portion of our 
time, you know, each weekday um, and over our lifetime, you know, in any work environment. And, you know, as we talked earlier, you know, being uh, Christians, it's not something that just happens, quote unquote, Sunday morning, you know, Sunday morning Christian where, you know, you go to service, and then you come back and you're back to normal, so to speak. No, we are Christians 24-7 and the kinds of you know attitudes and behaviors that we should have go with us wherever we go. And that, that certainly involves the workplace. You know, not only as employees, uh, but also as employers or supervisors, uh, leadership, et cetera. Um, you know, likewise, in terms of relationships, you know, beyond the workplace, you know, there's certain uh, things involving uh, citizenship, civil government, civil law, et cetera. Uh, interestingly, a couple of things here. Uh, Luke chapter 20, verse 25, Jesus talking. Uh, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. First uh, Peter 2, verse 17, uh, commands us to honor the king or the, or the ruler, in our case, you know, president, civil authorities, etc., uh, but there's an extended passage over in Romans chapter 13, uh, beginning around verse 1. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. Uh, skipping down to verse 5. Therefore, you must be subject not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. For because of this, you also pay taxes. For they are God's ministers, attending continually to this very thing. Render therefore to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Uh, and even in the case with Paul, who was uh, a Roman citizen uh, by being you know, born within one of the... Um, uh, Roman cities, uh, Acts 25, verse 11, you know, exercising his quote-unquote civil rights, you know, as a Roman citizen, you know, in appealing to Caesar. In our civil government relationships, you know, here's some practical things that, you know, questions we can ask ourselves, you know, do we always try, or do I, make it personal, always try to obey civil laws? Uh, Brian, I think earlier you mentioned about, you know, speeding and traffic laws. Okay, you know, somewhere here in, in a broader context. Do I show respect to those in authority around me? Do I seek an opportunity to exercise my civil rights with God in mind? And that could be a voting thing. It could be you know, influencing public policy, et cetera. And so a number of different um, specific questions you know, we can ask ourselves and our attitudes and our behaviors, even about civil government. Brian, any thoughts? Yeah, you know, it's very easy to object and to protest and to refuse to follow the law when it's something that we disagree with. Yet, as you pointed out, the Bible is clear. It says we are to be subject to the governing authorities. And as you also touched on, you know, if, if we don't like the laws, we can certainly participate in the legislative process, the voting process, et cetera, you know, to get those laws changed, politicians removed from office, those sorts of things. And and so that's the key, though. We need to follow that process and not just refuse to obey because certainly that would be against what god's word teaches right and of course for more on our website under uh, topics the letter c for civil government all right let's move now to personal evangelism p for personal evangelism we have a section on our website about that as well so just a few questions to consider 
do I casually mention spiritual matters to non-Christians? And by casually, you know, sometimes when you're at work, uh, you have to be careful. You know, some some uh, jobs have policies around this sort of thing. But uh, casually, I think it's a good word here you mentioned, Jeff, because, you know, there are times where maybe somebody suffered a loss and you say that I'll pray for you or maybe they're they're talking. They themselves bring up something that has a spiritual application that you can kind of work in there. How about do I suggest scripture to a non-Christian facing a difficult situation? Hey, you know, the Bible says that when this happens, here's what we can do about that. And I've always found that to be good advice in my life, something like that. How about do I offer spiritual material to others via email, social media, uh, tracks, or, you know, you could even reference maybe a sermon on like a website like ours that you found was helpful. And maybe you asked them to listen to it as well because you feel it would be helpful to them. How about do I invite others to worship services? Do I invite others to a Bible study? Uh, and if I do use social media, do I use it to encourage others with spiritual matters? So just a couple of thoughts around personal evangelism. Certainly many passages that tell us that not only should we practice personal evangelism, but ultimately we're spreading the gospel, which means the good news, right? We're trying to help people make their lives better and help them to have, you know, to get their sins forgiven and ultimately to be able to go to heaven. So, you know, that should be motivating in and of itself to share this good news with others. Right. And as you mentioned, you know, in a number of different ways. I mean, it's it's not that the scriptures would expect, you know, every single one of us to be able to, you know, occupy the pulpit on Sunday morning preaching a sermon. Um, but sometimes even the small things, like I know our particular congregation has little uh, business cards that we've printed up that you can carry around in your wallet or your purse and just, you know, hand out to people. It gives, you know, not only address the building and service times, but also a website, just as, you know, one example. So Brian, that kind of takes us to the last of the general categories uh, or last of the categories, which is kind of a general category and that's of growth. And so this is like wide open and likewise at our website under G for growth. Um, a number of different topics or a number of different aspects uh, to include like First Peter uh, chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, laying aside all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Or Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things unto him is the head Christ. And of course, we see this in contrast with people that should have gone gone or grown past the stage of being spiritual you know babes uh, Paul talking to the Corinthians first Corinthians chapter 3 verse 2 I have fed you with milk and not with meat again speaking spiritually figuratively for hitherto ye were not able to bear it neither yet now are ye able and of course he goes on to uh, encourage or condemn depending on your perspective their lack of growth uh, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and have become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. 
And so again, the Bible uses this parallel of physically growing up. I mean, if you there, there's a time when it's appropriate to feed a child, you know, lighter weight, you know, milk, vegetables, etc. Uh, but there comes a time when you know their, their their teeth and their digestive system should have developed to the point where they can start taking you know more substantive kinds of you know nourishment and eventually grow to the point where they're having you know steak and potatoes and whatever. Well, same with Christianity. Remember, we need we need to stop being babies. <laughs> Uh, and grow and learn and be able to handle some of the more, you know, complex, meatier uh, subjects within the scriptures. And likewise, Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. So some questions here. Well, here's a few. Uh, do I think about various spiritual areas where I need to grow? Hence why we're talking about self-assessment. Do I make specific plans to address such areas? Do I write potentially things down, sticky notes around the house, whatever, whatever's needed? Uh, do I successfully execute such plans? And, and then there's this big catch-all category that says, we've been asking a lot of questions, Brian, of our audience. What do we miss? What are the questions can our audience you know, potentially think of that could have been asked, should have been asked, but we didn't? So again, it's kind of it's almost like an open-ended something we can always strive forward for. And as we mentioned before, uh, and we'll conclude with giving folks the uh, the reference to the website. There is actually something you can download from our website. You can print out that consists of all these different categories and all these different kinds of questions that you can actually you know, physically go through. Um, Brian, do you have any some suggestions or if you'll instructions on on how they might use that aid? Yeah. And so as you touched on, if you download that and we know not everyone has a computer and a printer and, and, you know, so if you don't have access to that, you can, you can definitely still access it on your mobile phone and look at it. And what you'll want to do is Jeff kind of touched on once again, in the, the very first part of this two part series, you want to really kind of grade yourself in each of these areas. And so what you'll notice is you can put a tick mark or a check mark, or, you know, once again, mentally do this, and how would you rate yourself? You know, you just want to honestly look and say, okay, when I consider these questions that are in the, this assessment, do I rate myself as, you know, there's some danger here? In other words, I'm not doing this at all, or eh, maybe I'm doing it, but only once in a while. So therefore I might rate myself poor, better. You know, I do this more frequently or best. You know, this is something I do all the time. So, you know, definitely look at the questions, answer each one of these, you know, question by question. And then, you know, one of the things, Jeff, I know that you you mentioned uh, and, and is actually listed in, in this document is these suggest sins of omission. So things that we are not doing that we should be doing as a faithful Christian and, and looking for opportunities to improve. And so, you know, you want to look at the questions with the answers in the second column labeled poor. And, you know, this would probably be a good area to start. Right. You know, these would suggest areas of greatest potential for growth and improvement. And then, you know, for areas that need attention, maybe just pick a couple. You know, sometimes if we have a lot of areas to work on, it can be a little daunting, but just pick one or two a week or one or two a month and, you know, study the uh, scriptures, the associated references, go to those sections on our website, read some articles and questions have been submitted about it and see where you can make application. And then, you know, write down maybe actions to be taken. Uh, we, there's an old saying in business what gets measured gets managed. And so, you know, hold yourself accountable by writing these things down, taking a look at them, 
how am I doing? What kind of progress am I making? Ask those sorts of questions and then, you know, log that progress. And then, you know, when done, reflect and repeat the process. And so, you know, with this idea of reflection, Jeff, it made me think about how something I've always tried to do that I've found very helpful in my own life. And that's just spending some time, maybe in the evening before you go to sleep, you might be lying in bed, or maybe it's, you know, before you pray at night, whatever it might be, and, and just reflect on your conduct that day. Uh, think about these different categories that we've covered. Ask yourself, how did I conduct myself in these different areas with family, with worship, with study? Uh, is there something I should have repented of earlier in the day that I did that I didn't repent of at that time? Uh, how about what did I learn for the good and bad done that day? How can I improve? Uh, and then ultimately, you know, I, we, we touched on this a little bit. No doubt, Jeff, we're here looking for opportunities to improve. But, you know, give yourself some credit as well. You know, if you do make improvements in these areas or for the areas where you say that you're best, yeah, just be encouraged by that and say, you know, I, this is an area of strength for me. I'm going to continue to build in this area. And then I'm going to be honest and, and look for areas to improve. Yep. Good points. And, you know, Brian, at the same time, I, I think we need to be very clear that there are some warnings or, if you will, some disclaimers that we need to make regarding the use of this kind of a, a self-assessment uh, aid or, or instrument. And, and the, the first warning I might mention is, you know, you should be taking the assessment only if you're a Christian. You know, if you're not a Christian, there, there are some whole different set of questions that would be needed for self-examination you know, regarding your know, belief in the gospel message or being a sinner and the need to repent from sin of recognizing Jesus as Savior, confessing that, being immersed in water in order to have the forgiveness of sins and a number of different things like that in order to become a Christian. And then the self-assessment can you know, move you forward from, from that point. Uh, the other thing I'll say right up front is this is just a sampling. You know, this is by no means, you know, God's complete approved list of one to 99 questions. And if you check them all off, you know, you're done. No, it is a starting point. It's some suggestions. Again, a, a sampling. Speaking of checking things off, Brian, I appreciate the uh, the emphasis you made. You know, if you are rating some things as good, I'm doing well. It's like, that. that's good, Right. You know, we shouldn't always be focusing on just the negative things, but also take courage, you know, not grow weary in the things we're doing good. And at the same time, you know, we're not saved by works. You know, if, if you marked everything as best, you know, that is still no guarantee of, quote unquote, you know, going to heaven. Another disclaimer that, that some people, may, a trap that people may fall into. It's like, well, if I got some marks on the right, you know, I'm, I'm doing this really well, even though I've got some marks on the you know, left, I'm not doing so well. That's okay, because they kind of cancel each other out. It's it's the average. It's like, uh, no, that may be true in, in school when you answer you know questions on a test, but that's not certainly true when it comes to obeying God. I mean, you can do all kinds of good, wonderful things, but if you sin, you know, those wonderful things don't offset or cancel. You know, it's not a points-based system. It's not a not a works-based system. And the other thing I might mention, at least according to Second uh, Corinthians chapter ten, verse twelve. Don't think this is something that you and someone else can do and then you can compare and sort of boast, so to speak. Oh, I got a better score than you did. Nanner, nanner. Um, 2 Corinthians 10. For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. And the whole point is not for us to compare us with others and look down upon them. 
the, the point here is for us to compare us against the gold standard, against the Bible, against Christ, if you will, and see where we can improve. Uh, Brian, any other reminders? Yeah, just a few other reminders, and then we will wrap this up. Uh, one is, as we touched on uh, earlier, you know, it's it's meant to be a practical aid, you know, to help you identify areas of improvement. And uh, there are some limitations you should recognize, you know, that it's not inspired or perfect, but really based on God's word. Uh, as Jeff touched on a little while ago, it's for Christians only. It doesn't assess how to become saved. In fact, we do have a steps to salvation section on our website. Uh, if you are not a Christian, take a look at that because, as, as you also pointed out, Jeff, you know that that's really the starting point. If you're not a Christian, then focusing on these things, well, they're not as important, right? I mean, in in the, the interest, first things first. <laughs> there you go. First things first. Um, also, this does not focus on sins of commission, as we were just talking about a little bit ago. Omission is what it really focuses on. In other words, things that we should be doing that we are not, and so. Uh, we want to take that into consideration. And then watch your attitude closely. You know, sometimes we can take personal the things that we discover we're not doing. And it, and it can bother us, especially if somebody else is pointing it out. Like here, you know, Jeff, you're pointing it out on these, this questionnaire. Uh, don't shoot the messenger, right? Jeff, simply, you know, reflecting what God's word says. And, and there is a passage that has a really good principle over in Luke chapter 17 and verse 10, where it says, we are unworthy slaves. We have done only that which ought to have done. So in other words, even at our best, if we're righteous, really, if you think about it, we're simply doing what God has asked us to do. Uh, and, and that's something to keep into perspective. And so we also want to keep in mind what we might call the gold standard. Mark chapter 12, verses 30 and 31 talks about, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. And Jesus actually called this the greatest commandment because when you start with that level of commitment, when you start with that level of love for the Lord and you truly do give your heart, soul, mind and strength, well, you're much more likely to take these things seriously and be willing to accept rebuke from God's word or, you know, look at you're able to accept and, and be honest with yourself about areas where you can improve. So, Jeff, you want to tell everybody where they can find this one more time and wrap it up for us? Absolutely. So go to our website, www.biblequestions.org. Under the lessons menu item, you'll find a subcategory called Christian Living. And underneath that, you will find something called Self-Assessment. That'll take you to our website page that has primarily a sermon uh, that was preached back in 2014, kind of along the lines of the podcast, uh, but that can give you some additional insight into the need for self-assessment. Uh, and also the actual instrument itself. Again, it's a PDF form that you can you know, bring onto your uh, smartphone, um, download for your use. If it makes sense to print it out, feel free. Feel free to share it with others that, that might also be interested as well. Again, biblequestions.org under lessons, Christian living, self-assessment. And so we would encourage all of our listeners to take advantage of that to improve their daily walk with God. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Bible Questions podcast. We invite you to visit our website, biblequestions.org, where you can submit a Bible question to be answered. And you can also search archives where we have answered several hundred Bible questions over the years. Our website also has a host of free Bible study material, free correspondence courses, as well as sermons and a host of other material. Please stop by and check it out.